welcome to this episode of On Finding Peace, brought to you by Life's Journey Life Coaching. Our host, Chris Shea, is a counselor, nationally recognized speaker, and author on topics of guiding us to finding peace in our daily lives. Learn more about Chris Shea by visiting his website, www.lifesjourneyblog.com. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of On Finding Peace. I'm your host, Chris Shea, and this is the podcast where we talk about practical tips that we all can do on a daily basis, which can lead us to finding our inner peace. I know that inner peace is possible. I've been without it. I've found ways to get it. And on this podcast, we talk about ways that we can find it and keep it on a daily basis. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of On Finding Peace. This is the podcast where we talk about practical daily tips that we can do to help us find our own happiness and inner peace. I'm very honored to have with us a special guest And today's guest is Rihanna Sanford, and she is an author, coach, and a mom. And from what I understand, that's just the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) So welcome, and thanks for uh, being with us, Rihanna. Thank thank you, Chris. I appreciate you having me. Awesome. Um, If you could uh, take a few moments and tell us about yourself and uh, what brings you here. Absolutely. Well, again, like I said, thanks for having me on your show. I have just been enjoying, I suppose, just sharing uh, a lot about my journey and in that just helping give people, you know, helping empower people to, to realize and understand that your life may not go exactly the way that you planned it. And that's okay. And um, you mentioned I'm a um, I'm, I'm a coach, I'm an author, I'm a mom, and none of those things, you know, except for maybe the mom part, did I plan to do. And so I found myself writing two books just out of the experiences that God has kind of, I like to say, bamboozled me into. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't because, that always happen? <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, it's just like, um, I never would have planned so many of these things that uh, I've put my hands to as a result of just trying to be in obedience uh, to God. And, um, you know, I'm a mom, but I'm also a homeschooling mom. And that's something I never expected in a million years, you know, after public doing nothing but public school, my whole, you know, career of being in school. Um, And the coaching part has just come as, you know, through the books that I've written just because I realize and I see that people, people need inspiration to a lot of times to just to kind of get a hold, you know, really embrace the things that God has for them to experience in life. And through these books, through even just my health and wellness journey and the story behind that, the the life of my daughter with severe special needs, that's a part obviously of my mom, my mommyhood, if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those things have brought me to this place where, you know, through God's word and through his truth, I, I know that there, there are things I've learned about myself. There are things that I've learned about him. And there are very, there are very 
um, important things in his word that I have seen come alive in my life as a result of so many unexpected things, you know, whether they be adversity, whether they be just trials and challenges and, you know, these curves and curveballs and things that have been thrown my way. And it's just like, I think, in a, I know, you know, at this point in my life, 41 years old, uh, there's, there, there are a lot of things that I've just been able to grab hold of and feel like I'm actually mastering some things. I'm not there. I'm not perfect. I'm, please understand that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there are definitely things that I feel like I've grabbed hold of that have helped me to feel like, oh, okay. You know, I, right. I, I kind of feel like I know where I'm going and then anything I can do to help inspire, you know, people to become the best versions of their selves so that they can feel it fulfilled. And, you know, I love this, this point of your show being helping them to find their inner peace. That's exactly that is exactly what I hope that I can do whenever I speak or through my books. Well, and I appreciate you trying to do that. You know, for me, that seems to be the nexus of a, of a number of the ills of our society is, Absolutely. you know, many of us just don't feel that inner peace mm-hmm. and we're striving for it. And we're either in a, in a, good path, a healthy path, or many people are taking an unhealthy path. Right. And one of the things you had mentioned, which I've written about because I've, I've gotten a lot, a lot of questions on. So your take would, would be tremendous. When you talk about, you know, the adversity in life and how that's led you to things, it sounds like you took adversity and turned it to a positive and, and you've used it for the good. But how do you do that? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know of anybody and, you know, naming myself and you just mentioned it as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know of anybody who doesn't have at some point in their life, some sort of adversity. Right. How do you change that to positive? Mm. Well, you stumble through it. I mean, I know for me and I can speak, Obviously, I can speak the most from my experiences when we, for example, when we found out about my daughter having this disease that is incurable and just really the reality of that was she was going to need care her whole life. She was going to need 24-7 care her whole life. And the thought of that would normally be very crushing. and, and, And to a degree, it was, except for the fact that you know throughout my life whether you're talking my childhood i was raised in church you know i was raised in um a very in my opinion it was a very good church and learned about scripture from a very young age even as a teenager going into college i went to a christian college and there were just so many opportunities for me to to hear scripture and to hear these words and these truths from god's word and for me, it just became about applying those things that I had already grown up hearing, and and now I'm in the I'm in this situation. So like, there's no even even Bible stories where we don't read about someone going through a trial or adversity of some kind. Oh, definitely. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, everyone does. 
riddled, right? The Bible is riddled with stories of trials and challenges. And, and, I mean, and the, it and almost the, seems like, you know, if you want to uh, follow God and try to be faithful, you're going to have a rough life. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, why are we picking this? <laughs> and that's, it's interesting that you said that because I think for some strange reason, when people come to know, you know, give their lives to the Lord, you know, per se, whatever you want to say, get saved, born again, whatever you want to say. For some reason, they start to think that everything is supposed to go right at that point. Like, oh, I'm with Jesus. I'm on team Jesus now. So everything's going to go just a-okay. And where, where do we see that? Where do we see that in, in the Bible? Where, why do we think that? And I think, you know, do we feel like, do we have tools? Do we have things that make us victorious because we are believers? Yes, yes, and yes. But the word says that you will have trouble, right? It says, it didn't say that you will be able to, you know, jump over the trouble or like avoid trouble. It says you will have trouble. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, take heart, I have overcome the world. And I think it's that second part that I really was able to hang on to. Okay, this is trouble. You know, this is, this is trouble here. You know, you're telling me my daughter may never walk. My daughter may never talk. That's trouble, right? And I think most people would see that as something so crushing. But I immediately, like I said, I just remembered starting to think about these scriptures that I had learned and that I had hidden in my heart over all these years of being a believer. And I was like, well, I need to apply. It was time to apply. And I think it was the application of God's word and his truth that helped me to really be able to have come to that inner peace, right? Be able to embrace this life that is so unexpected and even just excel through it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it was the application of it. And I, and so, you know, that may sound so simplistic, but I did stumble, you know, to get to that point where I need to actually just take these things that I know and I believe to be true and apply them to my life. So, you know, you're learning from what you've been through and what you've gone through. What would you say to somebody who's listening that says, that's great, but with my upbringing, I never really learned a coping skill to deal with this adversity. Right. You know, right. what do I do? I got this adversity. I don't know, you know, how to handle this because mm -hmm. I, I just never learned it. I never had that experience, opportunity, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. you know, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a very good question, Chris, because you're right. Everybody doesn't have an upbringing, you know, the way that, the way that I was brought up. And um, I would just say, you know, first of all, come to a place where you feel that you can, that you can actually rest, you know, that you can rest in just, knowing that there is some purpose for this life that you have. There's some purpose for the adversity. I heard someone say before that there, there's always a purpose for pain. And that's not necessarily biblical or anything like that, but you can see even in just without attaching God to it, with, when people have stories, you see a lot of time, you see this purpose you know, coming from the pain. And and I think that that's sometimes just a good, really easy way just to start out with people or who may not know the word. They may not know those scriptures and those promises to hang on to. 
but just rest in the in the thought and then the concept of knowing that that's the way things are things are this way right now nothing is forever you know first of all nothing is eternal uh, or nothing is well there is eternal obviously there is eternity but most times things that are negative do not last forever right. and that there is there is joy you know in the in that comes in the morning there there is something that that can be used for for you know with this pain with this adversity and you never know who might come across my path who may be going through exactly the same type of stuff that I'm going through that that I might be able to help you know with and I think even with me it was just like I think I really have some things that I can pass on that that you know somehow some way maybe God can use you know this adversity in my life to help someone else that might be going through some of the same things and so just having a mindset of you know, it's it's not always really about me and my troubles. It may just be about someone else. It may this life may just be for the sake of helping someone else, you know, through their troubles. And that's a really hard concept because I think as humans, we are very selfish minded, right? We think and I think even just because we you know, we go into survival mode. And, you know, when trouble comes our way, we immediately try to figure out what are ways for me to survive and what are some of those coping mechanisms, right? Sometimes those coping mechanisms are not there. And I think for a lot of people, that's what, that's, that's what does them in, you know, right. that the, and, and so, um, just being able to think outside of yourself, I think is a way just for people to be able to kind of have an open mind and an open perspective about what can come from this adversity, what can come from this challenge and these trials that I'm experiencing right now. And, and that's really the challenge, I think, for many of us uh, today. You know, uh, how do we get outside of ourselves? Our, mm -hmm. our society seems to be very much focused on bringing us deeper within ourselves and not so much in a reflective way. Right. Um, so I'm assuming that all that you're talking about is the whole idea behind your book, This Special Life. Yes, um, very much of This Special Life has to do with embracing the life that you have. Um, and, I, you know, coming to a place where you can identify, you know, yourself as, you know, somebody that your life is unique to you. In other words, this is your life own it, you know, embrace it. It's not your mother's life. It's not. And there's a part in the book where I actually talk about the fact that when I, when I was a child, I really, really imagined myself doing exactly the same things as my mother did because we had the same skill set. My mother went off into corporate America and made six figures. She did very well for herself. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I have the same skill sets as my mother, so I'm going to go off and do the same thing. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and why wouldn't you? And why wouldn't I, right? But then here comes this baby girl who is not able to do anything for herself. And I come to a screeching halt realizing there is no way I can work a nine to five job with all of these things that that means. That means doctor's appointments. That means surgeries. That means, you know, 
you know, all these different things that were thrown into something that, you know, into my life and had no expectation for it at all, right? And so I had to come to a place where I can say, okay, this is my life. I'm no longer going, I cannot live that life that my mother left, lived, that was her life. I have my life and I have this little girl, you know, that I can either be grateful for and thankful for, or I can look at her with resentment in my eyes. And I, that thought really broke my heart. You know, the, the thought of looking at her with bitterness, with sorrow in my eyes, because life didn't turn out the way I thought it should. Right. And, and at that point I realized, okay, there's this, there's, there's this embracing that we have to do and identify ourselves as who God says we are, not who man says that we are. And so there's a chapter from this special life that just talks about your identity. And like you said earlier, like that's a huge part about why the suicidal rate is so high, you know, in our world today, why so many people cannot feel that inner peace because there's too much of this comparing, you know, this, this really toxic habit of looking at someone else's life and saying, I don't have that, or I can't do that. And it's like, well, you know, take some time to look at your own life and reflect in your own life and your own gifts and your own talents and the things that you should feel grateful for and say, what are the things that I'm supposed to do? What are the things that God has put in my life to glorify him? You know, and so that identity piece, I think, is a very foundational, basic principle um, that I think that everybody, whether you're a believer or not, you have to know who you are. Oh, exactly. And again, that's where it's so much into self-absorption versus the self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, yeah, I, I don't know how anybody could get through what you, I guess, continue to get through, you know, with, with your daughter without mm -hmm. that self-reflection, without mm -hmm. that piece of knowing who you are and what your gifts are and where you would need assistance. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and there was assistance. There, there were several people that God put in my path and several messages and several, you know, oh my gosh, you know, periods of prayer, just being on my knees and asking God why, you know, and a lot of times the questions, you know, our reflection, that self-reflection can start with just the simple why, you know, why God, why do you have me in this place? What is it? You know, all the W's, right? Why? Yeah. The what? The where do you suppose that I'm supposed to, you know, be able to do something with this? And how, you know, do you suppose I'm supposed to do something with this? All of those questions, you know, of just really, that's the reflection part though, right? And then you may not get all the answers all at once. I surely didn't. You know, my daughter is 14 years old, Chris. She, and it, I would say it's only been within the last few years that I have felt um, that I have as good of a grasp, you know, on this life as I as I really have felt over the last three years. And that identity piece, really understand I am who God, you know, I am somebody specific. So I named the book This Special Life because it's special to me. You know, your life is special to you. Everybody has a very unique, specific calling. And 
and I think that that's the problem that we we look and we say you know quote unquote normal you know like your child isn't quote unquote normal whose kid is normal anyway you know exactly. i mean whose life is quote unquote normal and i think for me like part of that embracing was i get to decide what my normal is i get to decide what normal is for us for our family and that was very freeing, to be honest. There was something very freeing, freeing about being able to dictate what normal meant. I don't have to compare when you'd say to yourself, I get to say what's normal for us. That's what they're I'm making a new definition for normal, right? <laughs> uh, I, oh, I, I'm loving it. That, that's why I'm, I'm back going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking notes, <laughs> new normals, normals. This is what a normal means. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it is, you know, unfortunate where we have a reflection as to my perspective on what normal is. And if I don't match that normal, there's something wrong. Right. Or we judge other people who don't match a normal that we feel should be normal. Exactly. Um, but a lot of this also seems to be what I'm hearing is uh, the word acceptance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, when you said that, like, it takes me to that, that footprints in the sand prayer or no, mm. no, no, not the footprints in the sand prayer, but there's other, there's another prayer that is, you always see in a picture frame somewhere. And it's like, help me ex ex accept the things that I cannot change. Right. Uh, serenity prayer. Serenity prayer. Yes. yes. And that's a very nice prayer, right? Like it's such a nice prayer, but there's so few of us who are willing to, to really mean that in our hearts, you know, because, Again, we go back to the things that we had in our mindset of what normal was or what we expected. And, you know, I did. I got to this point where it's like, well, well, I might as well hang that up because there is nothing about my life at this point that is going to be like what I expected. One, I did not expect to marry someone who wanted to go into full-time ministry. <laughs> did not expect to be a, a pastor's wife. That was unexpected, okay? Number two, did not expect to be planting a church in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, where oh, no. no one has ever heard of. I'm a little city girl from St. Louis. Like, okay, that was not expected. Three, I have a, my very first child is born with a neurological disorder with no cure, not expected. You know, mm -hmm. at this point, okay, well, in, in between there, my parents got divorced after 28 years. Not expected, right? So boom, 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 boom. Uh, at some point, I finally, by the time my daughter was born, I finally gotten to the point where, oh, okay, this isn't about me, obviously. This can't be about me. Because if it was, this, 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 and this will probably not ever have happened. But in this book, and where I get to is, I'm grateful for every single one of them. I'm grateful for every single one of the experiences because again, going back to the adversities, and this is something I really truly believe that adversities are just opportunities that for your greatness, whatever that greatness that's within you to come to the forefront. That's really adversity is. It's an opportunity for the greatness within you to come to the forefront because there's something in those adversity that challenges us. We can make a decision to be defeated 
or to rise above the adversity. And in that rising above, you find those qualities, those talents, those gifts, those things about you that God put in you himself that come to the forefront. And, and it's a beautiful thing. Like it's a beautiful thing. And I, and we see that, we see that in scripture, right? We see the disciples tripping all over the place, right? Like they don't know what in the world they're doing. <laughs> Probably they ever did. <laughs> I mean, but they get to this place where they see God's glory and they see, you know, God moving in his kingdom and they see, you know, it's like, it's just, it's the rags to riches story. But I think so many of us just, we mentally decide to stay in the rags and we never get to the riches of his glory because we are so stuck on what we felt like we, what we were thought we were supposed to expect, what we thought we were supposed to see life, you know, being life look being like and um i'm just grateful like i find myself saying thank you lord for my daughter thank you god for all of these unexpected twists and turns and curveballs to my life because you've shown me so much about myself you've shown me so much about you and i can't i would never trade having a normal quote unquote normal kid you know just for the sake of you know being right. average you know well, and, and the way that you're describing it, if we want to use terms like normal, your child is normal for you and your family. Absolutely, because, you know. You know, if that's how she's <laughs> always been, isn't that the norm for your family? Right, yes. And um, we have two boys that are, you know, I, if someone was saying, you know, they would describe them as normal or whatever because they don't have the health issues. They don't have... You know, they walk, they talk, they can feed themselves, all those things that my daughter cannot do, you know. And so it's like we see both sides of the coin. Exactly. But, but even in that, like they're not normal because of their sister. Their perspective and how they see the world is, is different, completely different because of their sister. Exactly. Which I, I guess I was going to ask you the question, but I, I think you've answered it you know when i look at your subtitle of the book this special life uh you have on there living with special needs and loving it mm -hmm. that really struck me you know that <laughs> uh, you know how many people could put that there and the loving it word the loving part is in all caps right. <laughs> I mean, you're like really saying you know you're loving yeah that you're living with special needs yeah yeah i know right like who loves that and 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 i realize that's a very when people say you know when i tell people all oh my you know when they they ask about my children or whatever and i say you know my daughter is 14 she's you know has severe special needs she's needs everything done for her and usually the first thing people say is oh i'm sorry exactly and i say don't be i'm not you know like i feel the most blessed person I feel like the most privileged person to be her mom. And and there's no other way to really help people understand that other than there are so many things about life that I would have never gotten and understood if it were not for her being born just the way that she is. And that's the perspective that I get to have because the way she is. But my job and my my challenge, and I think that even if I can say 
the the task that God has granted me with is how do I get other moms of special needs children to see that same perspective? Exactly. You know, that was going to be my follow-up. So yeah. what do you do? Because I'm in total agreement. I, I love your wisdom. I love the acceptance and mm-hmm. you know how the spirituality and, and the faith in God plays such mm-hmm. an important role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how does that translate does- to others who are listening who are saying, well, oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she right. had 14 years or, you know, I were to figure this out. My kid is right. like one or I just had one or, you know. Right, right. And in everybody's journey is going to be different. But the, but the thing that I can say the most is, is first the embracing. Because without the embracing, without the, okay, this is my life. This is my child. You know, without that embracing and really just, accepting, like you said, you can't move on to the loving. You can't, you, there's no way you can skip to the loving without embracing first. And so embrace your life, you know, accept your new quote unquote norm. Um, another really like I have to put in here, you have to have the identity of who God says you are. And that was a huge part for me because if God says I'm victorious, if God says I'm nothing, I am an overcomer, you know, if he says that he's given me divine power, you know, to, um, you know, be able to do anything and everything, uh, you know, that he has planned for me to do, that he is giving me power to do that. I, I can choose to believe those things or not. And what I did was I chose to believe them. Chris, it sounds so simple, but that's what I did. I chose to believe in the very fiber of my being that those things that God said about me are true. And that empowered me. That Mm -hmm. empowered me to be able to go out. So it was the embracing. And then it was just like this execution of, okay, well, doggone it. If I'm going to be a mother with special needs child, I'm going to be the best dang mom of a special needs child that I can possibly be you know, exactly. and go out and execute those things that get busy doing what he's called you to do. Just because you're a mom of a special needs child doesn't mean that you can't do anything else with your life. Doesn't mean that he hasn't put other talents and gifts and things inside of you that he will give you the grace and the anointing to be able to do in addition to being that child's mom. You know, and I think that there is some of that. There is some of that that I think we think and even like put some mom guilt on ourselves like that. There's no way I can do anything else. I have to take care of my kid, you know, and there is a grace. It's like there's a grace to everything that he's called you to do. If he's called you to do it, he's going to give you the ability to do it. So be open to those things that he might have you execute, those things that he might have you do, you know, in addition, because I know for me, if I was only just my child's mom, I would not be fulfilled. I would not be loving it. <laughs> mm, yeah. But he's brought me to this place where I can see some of the other things that he's called me to do. And that's a part of the loving it. That's I'm experiencing now the fulfillment of living the life that he's called me to. So it's the embracing, it's the execution of the life that he's called you to so that you can experience those things, that fulfillment, that inner peace, Chris. It all comes back to that again. It, it all comes back to that inner peace. But it started with the embracing. It starts with 
with just the embracing and the identifying yourself. And those I, are perfect words of wisdom. Um, you know, I think a, a great starting place, uh, you know, for all of us, you know, regardless of our adversity, um, it, it is that embracing, that accepting, and then, um, you know, hopefully through faith, you know, finding a way to, uh, you know, reach out, help others and not just be insular. Right. Right. And that's, that's a really great point, Chris. That's a really good point because again, going back to the piece that it's not just about us, you know, this world, God designed us for relationships, right? We, he made us to be able to have a way to give and offer something to one another. And there's just no way that I can keep to myself, you know, these things that he's shown me in this, through this journey, through this experience, there's no way I can keep that to myself. Exactly. I know, I know that he's purposed me to share it and to help someone else down the road. Um, so yeah, it's never about just me. It's never just about what I can see with my own eyes in my own little arena. It's always about just who, who can, who can um, benefit from, you know, what, what I have to offer as a result of this life that I've been so blessed and honored to live. Awesome. If people want to uh, get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Okay. Um, obviously Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash Rihanna Sanford, R-H-I-A-N-N-A-S-A-N-F-O-R-D, like Sanford and son, I always say. <laughs> <laughs> I did um, like that show. Thank you. <laughs> yes. The red pickup truck. And yes. Yes. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram. I am at this special life on Instagram is my uh, handle at this special life, which is the name of that book we were just talking about on Instagram. Uh, Twitter, I'm at the Reister, R-E-E-S-T-E-R. Um, and those are the, my main social media platforms. You can look, find out more about me just period and find those books that we talked about or the, the special life. Um, at www.riannasanford.com. Again, that's R-H-I-A-N-N-A Sanford.com. Excellent. And I will put your website up in the show notes. Perfect. So for those who are listening and you, you know, are trying to write all that down, you just go yeah. over the show notes, <laughs> click it. You, you'll be all set to go. Oh, and yeah. Oh, and I want to mention one more thing. Any of your listeners who do decide to pick up one of those books that they find on my website, if they enter Life's Journey, the name of your show, they will get free shipping. That is awesome. Well, thank you very much for uh, that special gift. Absolutely. I'm just so grateful again for, uh, to be on your show today, Chris. Well, I will, uh, again, on the show notes, put in that special code. So for all of you who are uh, listening, please do check out. Um, you have two books out, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so check out, you know, the website and the books and get the free shipping. So don't let that opportunity pass you by. <laughs> so, yeah, again, thank you, uh, Rana, for your time and all of your wisdom. And it was very inspiring to, you know, hear how you've taken uh, what life has given you and, you know, found uh, love and inner peace through it. 
Thank you, Chris. Again, I appreciate so much you having me on. It was so much fun. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. And I hope that the message in this episode has inspired you and given you some of the tools that you need to find peace in your life. If you have found those tools and you found this to be inspiring and you know of others who also need these tools, please share this podcast with them. Let them know of the opportunities out there that they too can find their inner peace. Thank you very much for the sharing. Thank you for listening. And have a very mindful day. Thank you for listening to this episode with Chris Shea. Learn more about Chris Shea by visiting his website, www.lifesjourneyblog.com.